Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Advertech Printing, and School Photographers of America. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by Mark Hummerding, the president of SchoolPictures.com. And actually, we're here in the world headquarters, SchoolPictures.com in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Yes, we are. (laughs) Hi, Mark. How are you today? I'm doing great. So, Mark, uh, why don't you start out for the people who aren't familiar with uh, your story, uh, describe your your long career in the school pictures business. So um, I started in the volume business, uh, and I started in 1994 working for a company called Jollish Photography in Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And for years I worked with them, um, and uh, we from there sold. He sold the company to Herf Jones, their photography division, mm-hmm. and we were there for 15 months, and then the Herf. Jones Photography Division sold to LifeTouch. Mm-hmm. And then I was with them for about nine years, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I came here. So talk a little bit about the Jowlish kind of business model, because you weren't really shooting, really. You were, you were, how did you, what were you doing there? So I was hired as a production manager, but Mark's company was, and still is, the best marching band contest photography company in the world, Mm -hmm. in the history of the world. Let's (laughs) even go even more. Uh, And uh, so I would photograph each weekend, uh, photographing bands, and then we'd take care of the production work afterwards. And then gradually I moved into managing kind of the local business, the graduations, the the proms, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And uh, then I managed a studio for five years where I did seniors and Mm -hmm. weddings and then... uh, and then came back to do more of the college graduation work, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how that went. So I was there for, well, for a long time. And then you moved into Herf Jones, and really you just kind of had a time for a cup of coffee there before yes. Life Touch came in, and during that big consolidation wave of, what, the early 2000s that was? Um, well, when we, we joined Herf Jones, I'm guessing around, I'm going to guess, 2006 or 7-ish. I, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but mm-hmm. um, we had worked with them for a while uh, trying to convince them that they needed to be more in the graduation business for profit as opposed to just as a service item. Mm-hmm. And so we started partnering with them, and then they liked our business model, and so they purchased the company from Mark and his partner, Birch. Mm-hmm. And then Herf Jones then, of course, was... Uh, purchased by LifeTouch. Correct. What was your role at LifeTouch then? Because it wasn't doing production. What were you doing then for LifeTouch? So when LifeTouch acquired Herf Jones, the Jollish photography part was kind of an odd man out. It was not in their normal uh, course of what they were used to. Mm -hmm. So I went up to the headquarters and talked to them about, hey, you might want to consider... photographing graduations more seriously mm-hmm. uh, and I, I the line I used was you know down at Jollish Photography in Des Moines, Iowa we feasted on the crumbs that you guys didn't want to eat mm-hmm. and so at the time their uh, senior director of marketing his name was Orrin Welch his name still is Orrin Welch he's still in the business <laughs> yes I Orrin very well yeah, yeah. and uh, he came down to Des Moines saw what we were doing and was interested in having us launch that so there was a test pilot in some territories. I was involved in that. And my job was to help the business grow in commencements 
nationwide. And then within our territory in Des Moines, it was to concentrate on the college market. Okay. And how successful was that during during that early period? Um, well, we went from off the like from no business to some significant amount of business, mm-hmm. the high school side. We, in the end, by the end, we were doing I don't know three thousand graduations of the high school side, and mm-hmm. and the business that I was managing, we tripled in the course of about nine years in mm-hmm. terms of the college side. Okay, so significant growth, one would say. Yes, yes. Okay, I like to grow. Yeah. <laughs> you like growth is going to be a topic. We're going to be coming back to a lot. I okay. think. Okay, so. When did you leave Lifetime? You said you were there about nine years, and what precipitated yep. that change? So, in the fall of 2019, I had had my uh, a second second presentation to senior management two years to invest in our the product line, and mm-hmm. uh, commencements was not near the top of the list, right? Mm-hmm. So, if they're going to choose to invest, they're going to invest in the things that are going to bring the most return for the dollar, so underclass or seniors or yearbooks. And I realize that it's probably not going to. I, I'm, I'm, I've, I've reached the the limit of what I'm going to do here. Right. And so I started thinking about what I wanted to do next. And in roughly January, February of 2020, mm-hmm. I decided it's time for me to look for other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right before the pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah. didn't, didn't know that was coming. <laughs> well, so. no one saw that one. Yeah. Come. So, so what was your plan then? Was it a specific company? Was it inside the industry? Outside, uh, inside the industry, outside the industry. You know, you're going through a process where you're, you know, where most people are looking at. Hey, I'm not going to start something new. Yeah. So my thing was is that when you consider your career. Each career you move you make is about a five to seven commitment, and then you should be looking for what's next on the horizon. So I'm thinking, um, you know, mid-50s, I've got one real career move left, and if I don't make it now, it'll be too late for me to make it. Right. So at the time, I had five options on the table. One was get out of the business entirely, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and two was stick it out. Mm-hmm. Three was start my own business. And four and five were to... Actually, four, five, and six were to partner with various people within the industry uh, that I had been talking to. Mm-hmm. And I pretty early decided that I probably did not want to leave the business because I had a pretty good sized Rolodex. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to just leave that behind because that had value. I thought about starting my own business and knew that I was a good growth person, but maybe not a good builder. It's mm-hmm. the difference between, say, writing and editing. Right. You know? And so in, in this case, I started talking with people I wanted to partner with. And one is I, I called up my friend Skip and said, hey, um, would you consider working together? And he was looking for an opportunity himself. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I, I, yes, but I need you to come out here mm-hmm. and uh, to, to view the place. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, well, why? And he goes, well, you'll know when you get here. And as you know, because you've toured the building, it's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty impressive facility. So for those who don't know Skip, talk a little bit about Skip and what he's built sure. here in Ypsilanti. Sure. And, and, you know, straight up, I could never have built this business, mm-hmm. right? And you know, to Skip's credit, he re- recognized he couldn't grow any further. If he could have, he would have already, already done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he started in 1978 and mm-hmm. founded American Photo Marketing. And he uh, was involved with colleges, uh, graduations. Uh, he was involved in high school uh, senior class groups plus graduations. Mm-hmm. And then he was also involved in Greek sorority uh, stuff. Right. And um, so... 
he got involved in school pictures around 2004-ish, I mm -hmm. think, 2005. I know he and I were talking at a PSPA when I was starting to get childish photography involved with the underclass, mm -hmm. and we had just stayed in touch. So he had built a very nice business here, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, he's mm -hmm. he had a heck of a run. So specifically, talk a little bit about the facility here, because I think that's kind of got an interesting little story in it. Oh, in yeah, itself. yeah. So uh, Skip was had grown out of his old facility, and he was looking to expand, and he was like, okay, I need it to be relatively near an airport for travel. I need it to be relatively near some major highways to get the photographers on and off the road. And he was looking around the area we're in right now. And this facility used to be owned by uh, Ave Maria College, mm -hmm. so and, um, and they had let it go. And so it's a former school, a former primary school, and a in a uh, superintendent's office, mm -hmm. and that's the buildings we're in right now. So it's kind of interesting. You've got a school photography company in a school building. That's correct, yeah. It, it does kind of still have that feel, although there's been massive renovations over yes. the years. Yes, So, uh, So tell me about the conversations you had with Skip to come into the business. So I flew out here uh, the first Saturday in March, um, and we toured the building. Of 2020. Of 2020. During the pandemic. Right before. <laughs> okay. So three days later, the Wednesday later was when it all heck broke loose. And by the end of the week, I was calling him up. And anyway, but I, I can come back to that. But I toured the building and, um, you know, I, I had various questions like, who are your best photographers? Well, I have a photography manager, but I'm not really familiar with that. And well, who are, you know, who are your salespeople and what are their, you know, what are your top 10 prospects? What's your cost of acquisition? He goes, well, I'm not really familiar with that. And afterwards, we went out to dinner, and he said, what impressed you most? And I, I'd seen the room where he prints all the ID cards. Mm -hmm. And we had all these, well, he had all these printers. Mm -hmm. And I said, what's the cost of you printing an ID card? And we went over the cost structure, and I said, I, you could have said any number, and I wouldn't have known. Mm -hmm. uh, he really had a handle on the uh, operations side of it, and I really had an I would say a handle on what I would call the B2B side of it, mm -hmm. the making sure that I was able to get and uh, retain clients mm -hmm. and also making sure I could execute on the photography end. So right. I, I got in the business through photography. And so we had complementary skill sets. Mm -hmm. And so then we realized, hey, this, this could be something good. Mm -hmm. So you've uh, worked out an arrangement where you're yep. now the... Uh, president of the yes. business and Skip is a still still involved. We talk every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's a good guy. And, yeah. and you know, I, here's the thing: I knew I was getting a business partner, but I, I got a benefit. I also got a friend, and I wasn't expecting that. I don't think he was either. And and that's just been a really wonderful thing for us both. Good. So, but then you come in, the, and this is this. Even though Skip is still involved, it's still your baby. Yes. So when did you actually physically move here? In the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so I started in October of 2020. Right. And, um, and then uh, we became partners. Well, it was like, let's, let's, we intended to do all the paperwork, but we didn't sign anything and become officially partners until the end of the year. So the new company started on January 1st of 2021. Uh, and as I recall, just because I happened to be here around that time, there was some yeah. overlap between Skip being here before he moved yes. and you being here. So that yes. must have been a nice training period. It was great. Um, so, you know, we have this house right next door that I live in, and, and Skip and I were both living there. And every day I would, you know, at 5 o'clock go on over there, and we'd talk all night about, you know, these aspects of the various business and what strategic decisions we mm -hmm. needed to make and, mm -hmm. and what we needed to do going forward. 
So what were some of those things you had to do going forward? Uh, I mean, just just for the folks who uh, haven't been able to tour the building yet, um, you know, you've got some production on site, you know, and you've got some some overhead here. Yes, a significant amount of overhead. (laughs) Um, And and you know, there's times where I'll talk about well, you know, we we need to manage managing the overhead is a tough part of the business. So, but. For me, coming in here, the first and foremost thing was we needed to have more of a sales effort. So mm-hmm. I went around, actually, um, and for the first 90 days, a lot of it was just observation. Mm-hmm. And, hey, what's going on here? Asking a lot of questions, trying to learn. I'm natively more involved in commencement photography than I am in school pictures. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of learning kind of what the what the tripping points were in, in, in mm-hmm. that industry as well. And for me, it was... Ask everybody kind of what you think is going on here. So I used questions that I got from the book The First 90 Days and from Marcus Cunningham's um, First Break All the Rules. The other one was a book called The First 90 Days, which is a, kind of the standard in the industry. And the third area for questions I, I mined from a, a company called Manager Tools. I've listened to their podcast for 15 years, and mm-hmm. uh, shout out to them. They've helped me make my career what it is today. Uh, anyway, so those three areas, I, I just asked everybody the same questions. Mm-hmm. So what I was doing was going around and talking to all employees, hey, what's gone on here? What do you think's working well? What do you think needs to improve? Mm-hmm. And there were a number of suggestions, but one of the ones that I knew I could affect right away was, hey, we need to have a more robust sales effort and, and help with that. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing I needed to do. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Photo retailers, energize your sales with Share Me Chat the proven texting platform. Using chat-to-text on your website keeps your customers connected and buying. See us at Pro and IPI to find out why dealers using ShareMeChat close more sales without adding staff. Find out more at shareme.chat. So on a sales effort though you get a lot of top top line growth and you've had so you can kind of illustrate maybe in a percentage how much growth you've had yeah on the on the school picture side we've had about 30% growth mm-hmm. so um, maybe a little bit more I, i'm not sure the exact numbers um, in terms of number of accounts mm-hmm. so we've also had some growth because we've raised prices and restructured things but on just number of people we photograph, that's grown by 30% in the, in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, we've grown a lot on the commencement side, but that's been more due to acquisition and, and old clients looking me up and saying, hey, I would like to come mm-hmm. still work with you. Because mm-hmm. you got that big fat Rolodex you were telling me about. Correct, <laughs> correct, correct. So, but with growth comes increases in other things like overhead and expenses and things like that. So yes. how have you managed like the cash flow side of the business on that? Okay, so the cash flow side is, I think that's the roughest part right. um, because you've got to, especially for me, so I'm used to budgeting, but I was not used to managing cash flow. And that's where actually Skip has helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's another woman who works here, Lorraine. She's been very valuable in, in kind of coaching me in terms of, hey, these this is what's coming up and you know that kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you make a lot of change, that change in and of itself is work, mm-hmm. right? So we've had to put in some new systems to account for the growth. That change in and of itself is work. So you have more labor assigned to a task than you might necessarily have in the future. Right. So there's a lot of, inv- I, I call it investment, in the future company by mm-hmm 
doubling down on some things. So for instance, going into this past spring when we knew we were going to grow by a lot in graduations, about 300%, we started hiring people early and having them on staff gearing up. And that was not labor that we should have had in a normal year, but we wanted to have it in preparation for this past spring. Right, because you anticipated to bring them on board and in the way you wanted to do things and to yes. train them in the procedures that you wanted. It was going to take extra time, which means more. Yeah, uh, and, and the more. people who've been here for a while, they've been tremendous. So mm-hmm. I'll just give a couple examples like, uh, say, Crystal or Tony or Sean. Um, those people have been here a, a, a long time, and they knew the business well enough to help the new people learn the systems and get in place and, and do better. Now, the thing is, is that as you add more people, that last person in knows the business the least. Right. So you have that quality mm-hmm. issue with that last person that mm-hmm. you don't with, say, Sean putting mm-hmm. together graduation who's actually been to them and photographed them, or Tony who's been to graduations and now he's in charge of getting the flyers printed or crystal in terms of mm-hmm. the matching. You know, mm-hmm. Those people are really key to making sure that the business remains successful. So as, as you've grown, how did the role change? For example, you came into an existing operation. Like you said, you yes. have established staff of how many people approximately? Well, right now we got 40-ish, but we, yeah. when I got here, there was probably 20-ish. Yeah, yeah. So you've grown the staff. Yeah. And so, yeah, sales are great, but you've got more overhead. Yes. And then you've also had to restructure the business. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about the restructuring you just had? That, sure. That, that is to drive the operations and the sales into future growth. Sure. So... What I did was I I just started to think conceptually about kind of where things are in the value chain. So Mm -hmm. the first part of the value chain is what I call the B2B part. And that includes your sales, that includes your photo, that includes anybody that's going to touch a client, Mm -hmm. which is different from a customer to me. A client is a school where the customer is uh, the person who's purchasing the photo in the end. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, that first part, that B2B part, was where I felt like I needed to concentrate a lot when I got here on improving photo quality and also uh, on the sales effort. The middle section of the value chain is the operational area. Mm -hmm. And that's where we had a a team that was was very good at managing the volume that we had. Mm -hmm. And then the last part of the value chain is the manufacturing part. And that's where, that would be your equivalent of say Allkit, which is one of my suppliers, or Canon Color Systems, which was one of my suppliers. Those folks are the printing aspect. Mm-hmm. And, but we also have that here. So we've got all three parts of the value chain. Mm-hmm. And so when uh, at my LifeTouch territory, it was just the B2B side. A typical f- school picture company will have the first two parts of the value chain. They'll have the B2B side and the operational side, and they'll export all their manufacturing to an external lab. Mm-hmm. And so we had all three. So I had to conceptually think about that. And then I organized the groups into basically two teams originally external and internal, mm-hmm. right? And the external was the sales and the photo, and the internal was everything else. And now we had another restructuring. And at the time when I did that in January of 2021, I said, my experience is you want to restructure about eight, every 18 months to two years just so you don't get cobwebs, and you start to rethink about what you need to do in terms of your business to move it forward. So you want your structure to serve the business you're working in. Right. And so what I did was we now made all of operations one unit where it used to be two different areas mm-hmm. and then manufacturing it's kind of it's its own thing now because right. they bring a unique value to us that that other companies can't compete against right i mean for example you can respond quickly to retakes and reorders and things Correct. like that yeah yeah and the example i gave we were talking about earlier was 
we had an issue where we produced our own yearbooks in-house and and we had a, a client call where they had a mix up in some yearbooks for some identical twins and we had those printed out within a day and delivered to the school the next morning mm-hmm. you know so which you know from huge. a customer service standpoint is huge yeah, because you well, responded right away we rebooked the school yeah so, <laughs> good job brandy by the way in case you're listening to this and you know then you know that's one of the things that I, when i talk to school photography companies that's really been an adjustment for them in the kind of the covid post covid world is they're becoming much more in contact with customers and the end users yes. than they used to have and you know the the expectation in that world is I'm not waiting five weeks for my pictures. Yes. I need everything, you know, next, why can't I have this sooner? So you're well positioned for that. Well, yes, and the other thing that's key is in the market is a differentiated marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. And the way that we differentiate from our competition is through that aspect of it. You mm-hmm. know, like I love when we have clients come here and tour the building. Mm-hmm. These are the people who are gonna design your yearbook. Here's the people who are gonna print your yearbook. Mm-hmm. You know, here's where I sit. You know, mm-hmm. so that you know that I'm right around the corner and can take care of this mm-hmm. for you in a heartbeat. But how are you going to do that as you continue to grow? Let's say you grow 30% every year, you're going to spend all your time doing tours. I will accept that problem gladly. <laughs> I will have as many tours as, because every time I bring somebody here, I, I can brag about the company and the people that are here. Right. You know, in the end, it's not the walls that matter, it's the people that are inside of them, mm-hmm. you know. So going forward, what are some of the uh, opportunities you see for schoolpictures.com and the industry? Because I think we're kind of at an inflection point for this segment of the industry in that it's now becoming more of a full-feature supplier almost. Yes. Um, as opposed to, we're just at school picture company. I mean, there are volume photography companies who are getting into graphics and they're doing the entire corporate identity for schools. Yep. I'm not saying you're gonna do that, but obviously you're very yep. plugged in the industry. You're seeing some yep. of these things and it's almost like it's a blue sky type environment. Yes, for me right now, my blue ocean right now is um, digital ID cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is it's just, I, it's a hard thing to implement uh, we know because we've done it. Um, it. Well, it's complex if you're doing it well. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And um, I just see that that's, I haven't had a paper ticket to go on an airplane in 10, 15 years. Right. I don't ever expect to have one. There's an issue with when a school has a crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one recently here at Oxford. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Oxford High School. Yeah, that, that's one of your schools? Yeah, uh, for graduations, not for the school pictures. But um, that graduation was actually kind of tough for us, for my crew to sit through, right? But mm-hmm. they had the situation where when they had the school shooting, all the kids ran down the hill to the local, I think it was a Meyer or Kroger or something, and they closed the store and the police came on by and said, hey, show me your ID. Well, I don't have it, it's upstairs in my book bag, but I have my ID or I have my phone. And that was the turning point for me. It's like, every kid's got a phone. Right Now, I know that some don't, but we can print those out. So there's a few high schools that we're doing this at that are very engaged, and, mm-hmm. and that to me is, is mm-hmm. something that I'm looking at. I'm also looking at just making sure I'm as vertically integrated as I can be. Um, so we took all of sports inside, right? We, we use Blueprint to manage the sales, but now we do all the shipping and printing right here, mm-hmm. and we're turning those things around in 48 hours. So mom, right. mom orders a picture. It's leaving here from this building, getting just going down the road as opposed to leaving from a national lab and taking three days later, but we can correct that stuff on the fly. So Mm -hmm. for me, ability to be customer and client focused is better than ever. 
and digital a lot enables a lot of those opportunities, yes, but absolutely. people still want the physical print. That's what correct, that, correct. It, it, the, people still want those dead pixels, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it is interesting how digital technology has enabled actually the production of more dead pixels in, yes. a, in much more variety of ways. I mean, you yep. got, I mean, just walk through facility here, you have a big yep. die sub, yep. big sublimation area. You do yep. plaques. You yep. do. You know, ink on paper. You don't yeah. do so any silver halide here, but I'm sure you yeah. have people well, for that. We have some e-surface stuff, and we have we have press, and we have you know sublimation, and we got the engraving area. Um, we don't need to go to, with the exception of kind of those the vinyl banners that you'll see up for sports. That's the only thing really that we have to export well, and also large you know forty by fifty prints. We don't mm -hmm. have that, but mm -hmm. we could do everything else in house if we choose to do so. Mm -hmm. Well, great. Well. Thank you very much, Mark, for your time, and uh, looking forward to seeing um, more future growth from schoolpictures.com. Great. Thanks, Gary. Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com.